the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Try playing some defense. Before we get to the really important stuff that we usually talk about on this radio program, uh, I think I should address what happened last night in the NFL. Uh, That game between the Chiefs and the Bills had to have monster ratings. Both games yesterday had to. And the Pittsburgh market is always one of the best markets for the NFL on television. So lots and lots of people around here did watch it. And that means lots and lots of people have been talking about the NFL's overtime procedure, and there's been a lot of whining about it. If you've watched, uh, if you did watch the game last night, you know that the Kansas City Chiefs tied the game, won the coin toss, and then got the ball to start overtime. They went down on the field, scored a touchdown, and so the game was over, and the Bills never got the ball. That's how it works. Score a touchdown, game's over. Lots of people in the media are screaming about how unfair it was to Buffalo, and both, and that both teams should get at least one possession. And they claim that the coin toss decided the game. That was what whoever wins the toss wins the game, and that's what everybody's whining about. Not everybody, but I think most in the media. And that's ridiculous. Now, what decided the game was the Bills' inability to stop the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown. If they had held them and forced the punt or held them to a field goal, they would have gotten the ball back with a chance to either tie it with a field goal or win it with a touchdown of their own. Uh, defense is part of the game. So... Don't let the other guy score a touchdown. That's a, that's a good plan. That's kind of the, the essence of football, I think. And let's remember that the Bills had taken a three-point lead with 13 seconds left, and instead of kicking the ball short so that the clock would run, they kicked it out of the end zone. That gave Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs the ball in the 25 with the full 13 seconds left. He immediately completed passes for 19 and 25 yards, And they kicked the tying field goal. I think it was 47 yards. Now, if the Bills had played some defense there, there would have been no overtime. So, again, it comes back to the Bills not playing defense. And as far as making sure that both teams get a chance to possess the ball so that the the coin flip is not a deciding factor, well, if the Chiefs had kicked a field goal in overtime to take a three-point lead, the Bills would have had a chance to possess the ball. That's how it works. Now, if they had kicked the field goal and tied it again, they would have kicked off to the Chiefs. And if, they're after, and if after all that they didn't stop the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown, they would have lost. So, and they would have had one less possession than the Chiefs because the Chiefs had won the coin toss. You see what I'm saying here? So it still came down to the Chiefs winning the toss because they were the, they get the ball. After they both were tied again, it starts all over again. But if you don't stop them and they, they score a touchdown, you lose. So it's the same thing. The, the Chiefs get the ball back. The only way you could do it is if you changed it so that if uh, in that situation I described, if the Bills had kicked, if the Chiefs kick a field goal to go up three, the Bills kick a field goal to make it 3 3, then to make, make it so that the coin toss isn't a factor. The Chiefs should have to kick off to the Bills, even though the Bills just kicked the field goal, because the Chiefs should get a chance to score a touchdown. I'm sorry, the Bills should get a chance to score a touchdown before the Chiefs. It's it's really it doesn't have to be all that complicated. Just you know, just play some defense. Well, anyway, when we come back, um, we're going to hear from a Pittsburgh. This will have nothing to do with football, by the way. We're going to hear from a Pittsburgh woman who caused a major uproar over the weekend because of what she said to Bill Maher on his HBO uh, show. And in our second half hour, we're going to review the media's coverage of the big guy in his first year and talk about why local TV news stinks. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. 
A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Let's ring in the new year by checking off an important to-do. Your old videotapes and photos are fading as each year passes. VCRs are becoming extinct. And the clock is ticking to save your family's most cherished memories. Hi, I'm Adam Baselock. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box to help you preserve your captured moments by converting all your videotapes, photos, and even film reels into perfectly preserved digital files. Legacy Box is the easiest resolution to do and can be done in minutes. Just fill your Legacy Box, send it in, and we'll send it back with your memories perfectly preserved. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. All the work is done right here in the USA, and over a million customers have trusted Legacy Box. Let's kick off the new year right by rescuing your memories that haven't been watched or enjoyed in years. Order your Legacy Box today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. And I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com, and you can start your journey to find that lasting loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com. Cancer. So many lives are touched by cancer. In fact, one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer. At the American Cancer Society, we're on a mission to free the world from cancer. It's a big mission, driven by little things like a ride to treatment, a free place to stay, a 24-7 helpline. But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families. Don't wait. More than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer. Go to cancer.org right now and make a difference. Go to cancer.org. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Barry Weiss is a Pittsburgh kid. I say kid. She's not a kid, obviously, but just an expression. Is a person from Pittsburgh, uh, I believe Squirrel Hill, uh, and it's a she. Barry, uh, her, she spells her name B-A-R-I. Uh, she was a New York Times opinion uh, staff editor and writer, and she resigned back in uh, July of uh, 2020, about a year and a half ago. She resigned because uh, she said she she this, she noticed that at the New York Times, if you weren't way 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 to the left, then you weren't allowed to exist. You weren't allowed your opinions, put it that way, weren't allowed to exist. So she resigned, uh, and in her res- she wrote a long resignation letter, got a lot of uh, attention in the media, among the media people who care about this stuff. And she wrote that showing up for work as a centrist at an American newspaper should not require bravery. That's what she said. So she came to the Times in 2017, and she wrote in her letter that she was uh, her job was to bring ide- ideological perspectives of conservatives, centrists, and first-time writers to the opinion pages there. 
But uh, after, uh, but both her writing and presence on social media became a magnet for criticism, according to this story in Politico from back in July. Here's a quote from Barry Weiss. But the lessons that ought to have followed the election, lessons about the importance of understanding other Americans, the necessity of resisting tribalism and the centrality of the free exchange of ideas to a democratic society, have not been learned. Instead, a new consensus has emerged in the press, but perhaps especially at this paper, that truth isn't a process of collective discovery, but an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few whose job it is to inform everyone else. Does that sound like the New York Times to you? It's exactly what it is. Uh, and uh, so she she resigned. She says the civil war inside the New York Times between the mostly young wokes and the mostly 40-plus liberals is the same one raging inside other publications and companies across the country. Um, and the paper of record is more and more the record of those living— this is what she wrote in her, in her uh, resignation letter. She's talking about the New York Times here. And she was an employee up until the moment they got her resignation letter. The paper of record is more and more the record of those living in a distant galaxy— one whose concerns are profoundly removed from the lives of most people. So uh, that's who Barry Weiss is. And so she's been uh, doing really well on Substack. Uh, she's got a zillion subscribers on Substack, probably making a lot more money there than she did at the New York Times. She doesn't have a boss. She's her own boss. She can write whatever she wants. And she can say whatever she wants. And she can say what she wants on social media. Um so, uh, but she's she's been she's been pretty much towing the line on the whole COVID stuff with the masks and the vaccines. Uh, but it's a it's a good sign for sane people because it's beginning to look like uh, more people are becoming more sane because they're starting to push back on the insanity, uh, and she is starting to do that. So she showed up on uh, Bill Maher's show Friday night. And said this. I'm done. With this question? No, I'm, I'm done with COVID. Oh, I'm done. It's yeah. like I, I went so hard on COVID. I, yeah, I remember. sprayed the Pringles cans that I bought at the grocery store, stripped my clothes off because I thought COVID would be on my clothes. Like, I did it all. I watched Tiger King. I got to the end of Spotify. Like, we all did it, right? No, no, we didn't all okay, do it. Well, well, here's the thing. A lot, no, of us, we didn't all a lot of us did do it. And then we were told, you get the vaccine. You get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And we haven't gotten back to normal. And it's ridiculous at this point. I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this, and they do not want to say it out loud because they are scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial or to be, you know, smeared as a trumper. I'm sorry, if you believe the science, you will look at the data that we did not have two years ago and you will find out that cloth masks do not do anything. You will realize that you can show your vaccine passport at a restaurant and still be asymptomatic and carrying Omicron. And you will realize, most importantly, that this is going to be remembered by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. The city of Flint, Michigan, which is 80 percent, I think, minority students, has just announced indefinite virtual schooling. In the past two years, we've seen among young girls a 51 percent increase in self-harm. People are killing themselves. They are anxious. They are depressed. They are lonely. That is why we need to end it more than any inconvenience that it's been to the rest of us. I think it's, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's not it's not real anymore. So a couple things about that. Did you notice the reaction of the crowd? That's a that's um, that's Bill Maher's show. And I don't watch it much. I, the only thing I see, uh, the only the only way I see anything from that show is when I see clips somewhere. But I do know that liberal guests are constantly cheered and conservative guests who get a chance to come on the show are jeered. And the, 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 it's obviously a liberal crowd, and they were cheering wildly for what she said. To me, that's really significant. And the other thing is, 
Hey, Barry, I, I really admire what you did at the New York Times and the fact that you walked away and you seem like a really uh, straight shooter. But where have you been? Um, saying that stuff about the ma- the cloth masks don't do any good. Who hasn't been saying I mean, I've been saying it here for, for two years now. And not because I'm a, a scientist. I just I look for other opinions, and I've had people on the show to talk about it. The, the cloth masks are useless. They're theater. So uh, it's about time she came around to that. And you know, all, the other thing she she brought up the suicides and the uh, and what's that, what it's doing to kids. P- conservatives have been saying this for a year and a half, and now she's finally coming around. So it's good that she did. But it was good, except that it wasn't necessarily accepted because uh, somebody named jo- Dr. Jonathan Reiner, uh, who's a medical expert at CNN, was on with Jim Acosta. And this is what he said about what Barry Weiss said. Yeah, she needed to grow up because she's acting like a child. When you say you don't want to play this game anymore and you're going to take your ball and go home, you're acting like, like a child. I, I like the uh, sacrifices that she enumerated, or that she stripped off her clothes when she got home and, and then she cleaned the grocery cans. Meanwhile, my colleagues in hospitals all around the country went into care for people dying from this virus and continue to do that every day. Man our ERs and our ICUs every day. And for the first year of this pandemic, they did that without any protection of a vaccine. That's the sacrifice they made. And all that we've done is ask the public to wear a mask when, when you go out and about and get vaccinated. Right. So I'm glad she's I'm glad she's done with it. But I, I sort of feel like this country has been in a boat that is filled with water. And some of us have been trying to bail out, bail the water out of this boat for the last two years. And now we have people like like uh, Barry Weiss basically saying, I'm done. I'm not bailing the water out anymore. And when yeah. somebody who is who is relatively young and relatively healthy says that what they're saying is, I'll be OK if I get this virus. Screw you. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, and. This is this is where we are now that Dr. Reiner, this is just I think it was just the other day, yesterday, maybe and today he said this, but it was after she said it, obviously on Friday. He's just he's still doubling down on the whole uh, covid hysteria. And just to give you an idea of where we are. So Barry Weiss, a liberal who seems to have had some kind of an epiphany on this, uh, finally comes out and says it's all ridiculous. And she's done with it, which America should say in unison. But. Here we have someone who's supposed to be intelligent, seems like a pretty nice person. Her name is Sarah Haynes. She's on one of the most nauseating shows in television history known as The View, and she said this. I think we're to the post-mask part, because I think there's a prudence we've learned with the mask, the hand, sanita- uh, hand sanitizing that, kind of like 9-11 with flying, is always going to be here now. There's a new normal. In the beginning, when, at post-9-11, people didn't want to fly, and the security measures felt like, uh, how do we do this, you know? And now it's the norm. I think some of the things we've learned in this pandemic are going to stay the same. I may never ride a subway again without a mask. I may never go indoors to big crowds and ever feel comfortable without a mask, and that's up to me to do that yeah it's up to you to do that i hope you do it there sarah and hope you have a nice time you're gonna (laughs) three years from now she's gonna be walking around in the street with a mask on because she might catch a cold go ahead get a hazmat suit do whatever you want but don't expect me to do it that's the point you can do whatever you want but i'm allowed to think it's ridiculous oh anyway there's a story now this is from the uh the kdk tv website says here, pretty soon N95 masks will be popping up in stores all over town. I'm sure everybody's excited about that. Those are the ones now that you're supposed to be wearing because we're now being told that the cloth masks don't work because I guess the Omicron uh, 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 cells are smaller than the than the, uh, the Delta and whatever the first one was. And so these cloth masks that are useless, uh, were useless for Delta, are actually also useless for um, Omicron, but they're actually admitting it. So it says, we get multiple calls every day asking for N95 masks. That's according to Spartan Pharmacy Manager Matt Tribish. And Walgreens is going to be having uh, N95 masks in varying sizes at several locations, but it's not clear which ones yet. Uh, And 
This is all part of uh, Joe Biden's plan, I guess. But uh, here's the thing. The kids are supposed to wear masks. And this is what uh, this is what this is from the CDC. Unlike cloth masks, however, most N95s and K95s, those are made in China, by the way, haven't been designed to be effectively worn more than once. Like surgical masks, these disposable options may carry instructions to be worn once only. Yet medical experts during the PPE supply shortage in 2020 were forced to use them more frequently. And CDC officers have suggested that multiple uses are acceptable. All of a sudden, you weren't supposed to use those things more than once. Now, for some reason, it's okay. You can wear them more than once. You have to take them home and put them in an oven. And I'm not kidding. There's something to do with putting them in an oven, and uh, that's how you clean them. You can't wash them. You have to clean them some other way. Or you put them in a breathable brown paper bag and leave it there for a while till the germs die. And then you can join, join Sarah Haynes walking around outside in the park with nobody within 150 feet of you wearing one of these things. That's <laughs> that's where we are right now with the masks, okay? But God bless Barry Weiss. She's got them all fired up, and she's speaking the truth, which she tried to do at the New York Times, and they didn't like her anymore, so she quit. So that's where we are. Put on your surgical masks and have a nice time. <laughs> I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott in Brussels. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the alliance is strengthening its defenses in response to a buildup of Russian troops near Ukraine's border. Today we discussed um, Russia's continued military buildup in and around Ukraine. The risk of uh, conflict remains real, uh, and we continue to call on Russia to de-escalate and choose the path uh, of diplomacy. Russia amassing an estimated 100,000 troops near Ukraine's border demanding that NATO promise it will never allow Ukraine to join and that other actions such as stationing alliance troops in former Soviet bloc countries be curtailed. Some of those requests, like any pledge to permanently bar Ukraine, are non-starters for NATO. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 695 points. This is SRN News. Why invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes? Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show, keeping you up to speed with breaking news on what Putin is about to do or has already done overnight in Ukraine. I'll be joined by Senator Roger Wicker, one of the key players on the Senate Armed Services Committee, on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, on AM 1250, The Answer. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY, that's 1-800-BERRY-DRY, to get your savings on basement waterproofing 
roofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. JND Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. At paid for by completecar.com. This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that's now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-959-4526 now. Drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. Call 800-959-4526. 800-959-4526. What do you have to lose? Call 800-959-4526 now. Visit us on the web at completecar.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We've had some snow falling this afternoon, and the highways are wet, so you will need to keep the speeds down just a bit. And we are seeing delays. Outbound at Parkway East, stacking up between Bates Street and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's going to be close to a 10-minute delay. Inbound, not so bad. A little slow into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Pretty busy on the Parkway West, outbound between Banksville Road and Carnegie. On outbound 28, some minor delays from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. Liberty Bridge outbound, also seeing some delays. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. For tonight, snow at times accumulating 1 to 2 inches. Storm total snowfall 1 to 3 inches. We'll see a low of 23. Cloudy skies tomorrow morning with a couple of flurries, then a blend of sun and clouds for the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 25. Mostly cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a low of 7. Bitterly cold Wednesday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 17. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, I want to tell you about where I'm going to be a week from Thursday. I'm going to be at Pitt Cycles in Warrendale. Uh, it's right next, to, right next to Jurgles out there. Uh, they have redesigned their Triumph showroom. I'll be there from 3 to 6 on Thursday, February 3rd, a week from this Thursday. And uh, they, you'll see the new uh, Triumph showroom. And they also have, uh, they're going to be showing some bikes that have never been seen before. So, Check us out. Come on out and see us at Pitt Cycles in Warrendale a week from Thursday between 3 and 6. Well, anyway, uh, we still haven't killed COVID-19, and inflation is through the roof, and so is crime. And, you know, we could be at war with Russia before you finish your dessert tonight. Other than that, big guy's doing a really nice job. But what about the job the media have done in his first year? Uh, That's a good subject for our media expert That would be Jeff McCall. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill and FoxNews.com. Jeff, thanks for being here. Great to be with you, John. So um, I wanted to get to to you as quickly as possible after um, President Biden celebrated his first anniversary uh, and just get your take on the media coverage just in general, what do you think of the media coverage that he's gotten so far in his first year? Uh, just, just start with that. Well, I think through the majority of his first year, the coverage has been quite kind to uh, the current president. But it is interesting to note that it seems to be turning just a little bit now lately. But I don't know that that should forgive the media for kind of running cover for the Biden administration's many mistakes uh, in his first year. But I must say, Uh, It's very hard to maintain any credibility for the traditional or establishment media while they're cheerleading Biden from the sidelines when the polls for Biden have gotten so bad. And so I think it's really worth noting that uh, the cheerleading for Biden wasn't all that genuine necessarily, uh, that it was just basically he was the Democrat president. He was the counter to Trump, who was now out of office, and it was easy to get on his bandwagon. But a year in now, I think the media's expectations are, well, like, hey, should something better have happened by now? And I think they're really hesitant now to keep trying to cheerlead for the guy when his poll numbers are so bad. And I think it's also worth noting to look back 
at the Democratic primaries uh, during the presidential campaign of 2020. Keep in mind, the national media didn't really like Biden when the primaries were going on. Uh, that only when he was the apparent winner of the primaries and was going to be the nominee that they kind of got on his bandwagon. But you can you can might remember that during the primaries and through the debates, uh, he was not the darling of the establishment press, and instead that was Elizabeth Warren, that was Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Klobuchar, even Kamala Harris, all got much more fawning coverage than Biden. And so it's not particularly surprising that they finally turned on him but uh, it's really hard to cheerlead when the t- poll numbers are so bad. Yeah, if, if Biden would have come out and say uh, August of 2000 and uh, well, yeah, say August of 2019 uh, as transgender, I think they might have liked him a lot more because he, he didn't belong. <laughs> he didn't belong to any groups. He was just a guy, you know, a, a longtime Washington insider politician type guy. Yeah, and he was running basically uh, to be undefined. Yeah. He was just kind of the old veteran politician, you know, friendly old Joe from Scranton, and uh, he really didn't take positions on really anything. Uh, but in a sense, his competition in the primaries kind of all at some point kind of blew themselves up or ran themselves out of position. And so he ended up kind of by accident. Uh, and then I mean, I must say for his political man- uh, managers, knowing that he got the nomination by kind of uh, being uh, undescribable, uh, they went with that in the general election campaign, and sadly it worked. Yeah, and what, you forgot one guy that they, they really liked, Michael Avenatti, who's now in prison and uh, waiting. I think he's going on trial again today for something else, but he's already, he's already serving time. But uh, there are videos out there of people on CNN and MSNB literally slobbering all over this guy as a, a potential uh, presidential candidate. Yeah. Think about the time that Avenatti was in the public limelight and how much time he got in the news agenda for months on end. And to think of where he is now. And it really does show that the news media doesn't have much of a focus, that they're willing to be distracted by shiny objects, particularly shiny objects that can kind of serve their own political purposes, which really kind of makes, I'm sad to say, because, you know, I'd like to be supportive of the news media, but you got to call it, as you see it, uh, many of the establishment media types are conjurers. They're basically making stuff up or reporting stuff just to kind of suit their own purposes. And I think we even saw that last week with NPR's mismanagement of that controversy or that fake controversy that they tried to create regarding uh, Neil Gorsuch not wearing a mask at the Supreme Court. Yeah. So, so you you mentioned that obviously everybody knows that the cheering and and uh, celebrating was over the top when Trump was unelected, um, but that it has now been a year. Is it can it even be possible for the people in the media who have expressed their love for Biden to keep doing that and maintain any credibility? Uh, so at some point, when does their fear of their own credibility going down the toilet uh, come into play a little bit? Well, I think that's kind of what we're seeing now. But let me just say this. I think this might be a short-term kind of reckoning that the news media is having but by looking at the Biden administration and saying, well, they're failing on the economy, they're failing on their legislative agenda, they're failing on international affairs. Um, so, I mean, at, at a certain point, they've got to report that as truth. Yeah. Uh, but I think this might be a short-lived kind of thing. Because uh, we're almost at the end of January already, and people are going to be starting to talk about the 2022 midterm elections. And some of those primaries will be starting this spring, as you know, for people who want to run for House of Representatives or Senate or gubernatorial seats. And so I think it'll be easy for the media to go back and just say, hey, well, we kind of turned on Biden and beat him up a little bit to kind of report the obvious. But we don't don't want to disrupt his agenda so much that we help the Republicans get, a, a, you know, a stronghold, you know, back in the House or that they retake the Senate or that we get on board with a, a Trump supported candidate, you know, running for the House of Representatives someplace. And what about the fact that cheering for or covering for or whatever they've been doing for Joe Biden for the last year certainly hasn't helped their ratings? It's, uh, has it hurt their ratings? And could, at, at some point again, 
I'm an old-time TV guy. Ratings used to matter. And when your ratings go down the toilet, drastic measures sometimes are taken. Yeah, I I think uh, the ratings actually really don't matter so much to hardcore ideologues at places like CNN or NPR, for example. I mentioned them a little while ago. Uh, But you would think for the parent companies of uh, MSNBC and um, you know, CNN, although NPR doesn't really have a parent company, interestingly. Uh, we're, we're their parent company, yeah. I guess, we're the taxpayers. But I th- would think for the parent companies, at some point, they've got to be saying, what is the return we're getting on investment here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, MSNBC is owned by that big Comcast Universal kind of operation, and AT&T ultimately is the parent company of uh, CNN. So at some point, I would think the bean counters would want to get involved. But for the people running those newsrooms, well, they're willing to sacrifice it all to maintain their ideological uh, initiatives. It's funny. I haven't. I don't know about you. I I haven't been consulted about NPR by anybody to ask me how I feel about how they're doing. I don't. I don't seem to have a say in what goes on there. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that uh, some of the people in Congress occasionally concern get, get concerned about NPR's, you know, public financing, but that usually drifts away. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons, frankly is that a lot of people wring their hands about NPR, but as a national player on the uh, national stage, they really don't have a lot of say. I mean, every once in a while they'll report a story, and usually in a pretty clumsy fashion, like we saw last week with the Supreme Court, and it gets them on the radar a little bit, but then people go, hey, this is why we're not listening to them <laughs> or paying any attention to them, and then they leave them again. And I would venture to guess that uh, there aren't 12 people in the country under the age of 75 listening to NPR right now. That's just me. The audience, ver- the audience does screw, uh, uh, skew very uh, heavily to the senior citizens and you know, to coastal elites or progressive yeah. elites. So it, it is not a broad-based audience. And what's interesting is, when the Corporation for Public Broadcasting was founded that created PBS and NPR, it was the idea to provide alternative voices and to kind of reach a wide range of audiences. But clearly they do not reach a wide range of audiences now. We're talking to Jeff McCall, communications professor at DePaul University. You can also find his stuff at The Hill uh, uh, as a media critic and also foxnews.com. Uh, I want to ask you, Jeff, I really haven't talked to you much, and we always enjoy having you on, and uh, I like getting your take on what's going on with the media. I come from local TV. I spent 30 years working in local television as a sports guy, uh, and I think local news is beyond embarrassing these days. It was before I left 10 years ago. It was embarrassing to be part of it. I just liked collecting the paycheck, but... I'm just wondering uh, how much discussion you have in school or how much attention you yourself pay to local news and what you think of it. Well, I still watch local news pretty regularly, and part of it is just to kind of monitor what's going on there. Uh, I watch Indianapolis and occasionally Terre Haute out here where I live in Indiana. Um, And I must say, uh, I agree with you basically that there has been a decline in the professionalism of local local television news and, not surprisingly, a decline in the viewership as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Big now, time. they're still big money makers. They're profit centers for local television stations because they make basically no money off of their syndicated programs or off of their network programming. So local TV has to make money off of their news programming. And it is still a good place for advertisers, for uh, law firms and car dealerships and those kinds of places to, you know, to put ads. Uh, so, I mean, local news is still out there. And interestingly... Uh, in surveys that are done of viewership, credibility for local news is generally still pretty good and generally better than network news outlets, uh, which surprises a lot of people. But when you dig deep, it's, it's maybe not that surprising because the local news has a very narrow range of topics they deal with. They don't do much enterprise stuff, so they don't really make that many people mad. Uh, and, and it's basically personality-driven, you know, the news anchors that have their hair done right, then are perky and stuff yeah. like that. And so it's easy to like them, but not necessarily understand that they're not providing a great journalistic service to us. And uh, you might find this interesting. For many years, the percentage of stories on local news uh, that deal with uh, police and emergency matters, the percentage is about 33%. Mm-hmm. 33% of all the content of a local TV newscast is, is what I refer to as cop shop news. Yeah. Stuff yeah. that comes from the cop shop, which means 
uh, in any major metropolitan area, you never have to do any enterprise reporting. You just sit near the police scanner, and as soon as you hear about a traffic accident or a shooting or something, you just go there. Uh, so it doesn't take a lot of uh, enterprise or no, you know, digging or anything like that. Uh, but you know what the number one thing is that people tune into local news for, weather. and that's the weather. Yeah, you know and what? That's why uh, in an hour-long uh, local TV newscast, they'll do weather updates three or four times, and part of that is because. The audience comes and goes, of course, mm-hmm. but part of it is, you know, it's not controversial. People kind of like to know what the weather is going to be like. And uh, outside of that, the news agenda is pretty sparse. Only about 3% of all local news coverage deals with education, for example, which is shocking given how important that is in the future of our nation. But a lot of the local news coverage deals with uh, puppies and shelter animals or free commercials for a new, you know, art show or something yeah. like that. And there's very little coverage. And this is my biggest criticism of local television news. There is very sparse coverage of government or state house or city council kind of news. And one of the reasons is the consultants that drive these local channels tell the news directors that the public is not interested in that. And I disagree with that because my sense is they're probably asking the wrong question. You know, if you walk down the street in Pittsburgh or Indianapolis and say, hey, do you care what happened at the city council meeting last night? Most people are going to say, no, I don't care. But if you ask them, do you care that the streets aren't plowed in front of your, your, your driveway after a snow, or do you care you know, that uh, there's too much crime in our city? People do care about that. Or that they're and, making and, your kids wear masks. That's right. And those decisions are made at local school boards and local city councils. And so that's where I think local TV news has let us down. They haven't explained how these governmental agencies on the grassroots affect us. Yeah, I, I think it's beyond bad, and I, I, I don't—what surprises me is that there—again, I don't think there are many people under the age of 65 who watch local news on a regular basis anymore, uh, and they go out and they keep hiring uh, people who look, just like just got out, look like they just got out of high school as if they're going to, by having a, a 22-year-old news anchor on the weekend, is going to make 22-year-olds watch. And all it's going to do is make 62-year-olds go, who's the high school kid doing the news? I'm not watching this anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's hard for these local stations to keep uh, talent over the years because it is a career with a high burnout factor, and you don't see that many 60-year-old news anchors anymore no. in local television. Uh, because the conditions aren't that great. Now, some of them really make the big money. If you're a long-term person who's getting a lot of ratings, you make some big money. But it's very hard to make money until at least you get into the middle or latter part of your career. And a lot of young people coming out of college, especially if they've got college debt, are not willing to work for $20,000 a year in a small market somewhere to hope to have a chance to get into a top 25 market. Hey, I only have about a minute and a half left, and I wanted to get to this real quick. The Hall of Fame vote is tonight for baseball. Uh, they're going to announce it tomorrow. And I'm just wondering, if, as a professor of ethics and uh, you know communications, I have about a minute left here, um, what do you think about writers being involved in the story? And, and Because there's going to be a lot of controversy about whether Barry Bond should be in, and I don't know if you know all that stuff, but pay attention sure. to any of that. But the writers are being involved, and I've thought for a long time that they shouldn't be. What do you think? Well, I agree with you on this, John. Uh, the perspective of a sports writer is so much different in terms of who is a good ball player and who is not, uh, as opposed to people who either managed them or coached them or actually competed against them on the field. People who write sports for a living are looking for drama. They're looking for personality. They're looking for storylines or maybe who was most cooperative with them. Yep. Or what, they're looking for sidebars a lot of times, okay? And they don't know what it's like to step in the batter's box against Roger Clemens, for example. And they don't know what it's like to try to you know, sneak a curveball past Barry Bonds, for example. And so I would prefer that the sports writers report on these things but leave the judgment as to who the best players are to have ever played to somebody else. Real, real quick, though, what about the ethics or the, just the journalism of, aspect of it, of, a, of the writer not being involved in the story? Well, yeah, that's interesting because a lot of times what they're trying to do is manage or, I guess, uh, sway the vote in a certain way yeah. by their coverage. And uh, that's another reason they probably shouldn't be involved either. Hey, Jeff, always good to have you on. Thanks. You're welcome, John. All right, that's Jeff McCall, communications professor at DePaul University, and we will be right back. 
With Joe Biden and the radical Democrats pushing their socialist agenda, Pennsylvania needs to send a conservative fighter to the United States Senate. Carla Sands is a MAGA conservative who served on President Trump's foreign policy and economic teams. With deep roots in central Pennsylvania, Carla Sands shares our conservative values. Carla Sands is a Christian and a pro-life mom who will defend the unborn. Carla Sands is a job-creating businesswoman who will cut our taxes and get Washington off the backs of our small businesses. Carla Sands is a constitutional conservative who will protect our First and Second Amendment rights. And Carla Sands is a law and order conservative who will fight to finish President Trump's wall, crack down on election fraud, and stop Fauci's tyranny. MAGA conservative Carla Sands. She'll put America and Pennsylvania first. I'm Carla Sands, and I approve this message. Paid for by Sands for Senate. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Is now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. You've all heard it in the news, folks. Heating costs are surging through the roof. But right now, Eden Pure is offering an amazing discount on their Gen 40 heater. This five-pound Gen 40 produces 50% more heat than the big box heaters that are seven times its size. The Gen 40 superheater is efficient. It produces infrared heat using advanced micro-solid-state technology with built-in safety shutoffs, and it comes with a remote control for you. So for a limited time, the Eden Pure Gen 40 is $200 off the regular price. People all over the country are reporting massive savings on their heating bills. So keep warm and save money because right now it's the perfect time to buy more than one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and you'll get an additional $20 off. That's $220 total savings by going to EdenPureDeals.com right now. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and shipping is free. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So have you quit smoking yet? Uh, maybe you've been trying. Maybe you made a New Year's resolution to do so. And here we are, January, whatever it is, 24th, and you haven't done it yet. It's time for you to check out MyNicotineTest.com. This is the one I've been telling you about, founded by Matt Bars. He was the director of the New York City Fire Department Tobacco Program And he worked with firefighters who went into those buildings and uh, had to breathe in all that uh, bad air. And they were smokers, and it really gave them problems. And he helped them quit. And they were successful 7 out of 10 times, 70%. That's a huge percentage rate. Uh, Now, uh, MyNicotineTest.com is offering, a uh, uh, with a a purchase, uh, you get a free tobacco coaching expert uh, who will help you through your program. They do it by testing uh, by urine test, and then they found out they find out what your situation is based on your nicotine levels. They make it as easy as possible to quit. You don't have to quit right away. And MyNicotineTest.com works with all tobacco products, including vaping and smokeless. If you have questions, call MyNicotineTest at 1-800-45-SMOKE, 1-800-45-SMOKE. You can leave a message, and if all the tobacco counselors are busy, uh, they'll get back to you. You have nothing to lose but your addiction. If you're not a smoker, get a gift card for someone who is, who would like to quit. That's MyNicotineTest.com. MyNicotineTest.com. So, uh, so Joe, uh, Joe Biden is doing a press conference of some kind today. I met with the media. I just saw it uh, on Twitter. And uh, Peter Ducey asked him a question. Peter Ducey, of course, from Fox, the only... The only one I ever see asking, well, I shouldn't say that. It's getting a little bit. It's a little bit different now. It's gotten better, but for a long time, he was the only guy in that room, only person in that room, 
who would ask a tough question. And uh, he asked obviously pertinent, good questions that just really rub Republicans the wrong way, whether it's uh, Jen Psaki, who's in there uh, flacking for the president, or whether the president is the president himself. So I could not make out the question that he asked, but according to uh, what I read on Twitter, it was something about inflation, and the, the, the media horde is walking out of the room, and Joe Biden is heard saying, that stupid son of a bitch. How about that from Uncle Joe, huh? Nice going there, Joe. Tolerance, that's what you like to see. You know what? It's I, I really don't blame him for being honest. Everybody knows that's the way he feels about him. And and I, on Twitter, I see that lots of people are saying, good, I agree. Uh, uh, did he speak the truth? Stuff like that. That's not the point, of course. The point is the stupidity of allowing himself to be caught on a live mic. He's the president of the United States. You're you're every he's entitled to think that. And you could make a case that he's right. I don't know. But uh, I don't think Peter Ducey is stupid, but, you know, that's his opinion of him. But the stupidity of of and the the lack of control and self-discipline for the president of the United States to say that on the mic and, and not know that he's going to get caught saying it. He'd, be, he'd have been better off just saying it out loud and directly and at Peter Ducey. But anyway, that's what happened. So uh, a couple other things on Twitter here before I go. You can uh, find me at Twitter, at Steiger World. This is from Casper, because we were talking about masks. He says, I was in Key West last weekend. No mask requirements anywhere. Caught COVID. Had the sniffles, a few aches and pains. Freezing cold outside. Quarantined in the house and watched excellent football games. Required to stay home from work until Wednesday. It's been a great vacation. And this is from uh, Tom Malay uh, on Twitter. Uh, John, a major major university within the city limits of Pittsburgh, sent an email to their staff today that, amongst other advice, also recommends double masking with a surgical mask and then a cloth mask over top to make for a well-fitting mask. So there you go. My response is, why stop at two? If two are better than one, three got to be better than two. I think you should go with, like, I don't know, I'll go with six. Should Everybody should wear six masks from now on to make sure that we're all nice and safe so get that get your n95 and if you really want to help out the chinese buy a k95 mask that's where they're made we'll see how that turns out let's get ready for the release of the n95s i'll talk to you tomorrow bye John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.